Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We are going to cover, you know, something we know a lot about. Maybe not. Weed. That's right. Marijuana and the Olympics. We're going to talk Major League Baseball. Shohei Otani. We're talking NCAA Basketball. NBA Finals, NHL Stanley Cup, and a lot of NFL talk today. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into another edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. We are live on a Tuesday evening. Uh, lots of stuff going on in the sports world. What everybody always dreams of doing, watching football players play golf going on <laughs> right now as we speak. Then you've also got things like, um, Olympic issues happening, NBA finals start tonight. A lot of things happening in the sports world. I'm joined again by my dad. He is, uh, uh on, uh, on, on traveling duty up in Ohio. He's covering all our Ohio teams for us here at the Sports Stove Podcast. We pay them. We pay them mighty well for that. Um, uh, Dad, I was going to offer you five hundred dollars a month to promote my gym, but uh, I got bought out by a guy in Miami, apparently, and he's he's already offered that to the Miami football players. Is what you're reporting? So, are you a member of that gym? Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> But after you see a Miami football player advertise it, I'm sure you're going to run right down the road and and uh, get on that, aren't you? You never know. I am in Miami <laughs> County. So. There you go, Miami County, Ohio. It's all the same. Uh, Dad, tell our people about our wonderful sponsors at Yeti Coolers. Hey, summer is here, and Yeti has all the great products to help you have uh, great weekends there in the summer. Got the Rotary 24 hard cooler to store your food and your drinks in got the rambler 12 ounce colster can insulator to keep your drinks cold and the crossroads 22 luggage for your weekend trips you may say yeti has luggage yeti has all kinds of great products that'll enhance your summer experience so go click on the link in the youtube description or in the podcast notes and find out all these great deals that Yeti has. We're excited to be partnered up with Yeti Coolers, and uh, they got a lot going on right now, so make sure you go visit. Use those links, though, please, if you would. Uh, that'll let them know that we sent you, and uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Dad, I want to start off with a topic today that is not something that we talk about very often, uh, and that is the subject of marijuana, the weed and its effect on the upcoming Summer Olympics. Shakari Richardson, a track star for the USA, has now completely been shut out of the Olympics, and most part due to testing positive for marijuana. 
in this, uh, you know, she says, well, I lost my mother, I believe it was, and um, and grieving. I, I smoked some marijuana to help the grieving process, and, uh, and the Olympics didn't care. The United States uh, Committee did not care, and they said, no, you cannot uh, participate. And then by being left off the relay team, she officially now is out of the Olympics coming up here in just a couple of weeks. And I just wanted to share a couple thoughts with this. Uh, first of all, as I think I've made clear in my Twitter posts and in other podcasts, I am not a pro marijuana person. I'm not, not for marijuana. I'm not, not for the legalization of it. Um, uh, there's, I, you know, the, the phrase that it is can be used for medical reasons. Um, I understand that, but let's face it. The large majority of people who are pushing for the legalization of marijuana don't care about the medical purposes. They just care about other things as well. But I have to admit that this is one that kind of I don't understand. Um, I know there's a rule in place, and we can always talk about this because our generation that's currently growing up in America doesn't seem to understand that there are consequences for your actions. But having said that, even though there was a rule, you look at the Olympics and you look at some of the things that they are allowing athletes to do. You have someone who tested positive. It was not illegal where she was. Uh, so she's not doing anything against the law, just against the Olympic rules. And in most cases, I would probably stand against Richardson in the situation here. But this year, we continue to see just the ludicrousy of the hypocrisy that goes on within sports and within uh, the Olympic committees and things like that. And the one thing I really point to, Dad, is that this year, for the first time ever, a male will be competing in a female sport. And uh, this person has transitioned. And, uh, and listen, at the end of the day, if we're going to let dudes compete in girls' sports, what's wrong with a little weed here and there? from one of the competitors as well. Again, I'm not pro marijuana. I don't think it should be legalized. I don't, I don't think people should use it. Um, we had Sam Alvion, the UFC fighter several weeks ago, and he, he said as much as dangerous. It's not good for athletes. Um, you know, there are, there are things that can help in certain ways. Sure. But overall, it is not good for the athlete. And overall, it's not good for a person either. It can, uh, um, you know, cover up some pain. It can do some things. Sure, I'm not saying that everything about it is horrible, but I look at the situation with Shakari Richardson, and I think she is uh, what could be a massive star for the USA. Um, she could win gold medals. She worked hard for years to train to get to this point, and we're going to take that away from her because of one thing. Is there not a way to discipline? Is there not a way to say you broke the rules, so here's the discipline other than you cannot participate in the Olympics? In my opinion, I think it's too harsh. I think it's too much. Yes, she broke a rule, but should this rule breaking completely rip away everything that she worked for? To me, it's not that big of a deal. There should be discipline. It should not be taking her out of the Olympics altogether. And if we're going to say, you know, no, we're going to hold strict to the rules. Well, okay, but let's look around a little bit and see maybe we're, we're off on some things and let's get back to what's important and let's try to help people as opposed to just punish them for it. 
and uh, kick them to the to the curb, so to say, and uh, leave them hanging. I, you know, Dad, Olympic athletes train. It's not a one year thing. It is nonstop training for years to get to this point. I just don't think that this would be something that she she should have to pay for as deeply as she is. You have any thoughts on Shikari Richardson and the whole situation? Well, I mean, I I, I see your point, and um, I think it's probably right. I was a little surprised when I heard about it because I think, isn't it, the NFL Players Association, there's some of these now, they're not even going to test for marijuana. So yeah. I, I kind of thought that was an issue was going away. Um, there's a lot of big drug problems in the Olympics and, and people being banned for using substances, and that's been going on for years. Uh, it'll be interesting. The Summer Olympics, I've kind of – I grew up loving the Olympics, uh, both the Winter and the Summer Olympics, but it's changed so much. I've really gotten tired of the Summer Olympics. Um, again, it's so political. It's so agenda-driven. Um, you know, we're going to hear about things like you talked about more than anything else. Now, strangely enough, in the last week or so with the qualifying, uh, I've watched some of that on TV. And when I watched the track people racing to see who would get in, it reminded me of the old days. Like you said, people who have trained for years, uh, people who were in tears because they finally made the Olympic team. If we can get down to to just Olympic athletes, who's the fastest runner, who can throw the farthest, who can do that, that'd be that would be great. But it changed years ago. Um, I didn't agree with the boycott. I don't think it helped what they said they were boycotting for, and I think it sent the Olympics into a spiral when that happened. Um, you know, then we've had other boycotts, other countries everything like that. And uh, the Olympics have definitely gotten away from what it started out to be. There was abuse, and there was abuse by other countries. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And you do have to make it fair for everyone. And and that is a challenge for the Olympic Committee. But um, I can see what you're talking about with um, you know the track runner here. I mean, again, and I don't want to come off as someone who's pushing for marijuana to be and for every Olympian and stuff like that. But is there not some sort of punishment other than you cannot participate? Um, you know, I, I don't, you, you would think so again, this was up to the United States Olympic committee, correct? Or was this, I believe Olympic so. Decision? No, I believe it was United States. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, man, it's just so hard. It's so you feel, I feel for, it. I honestly do. And, uh, I think it's, you know, the problem is, is now everybody's like, oh, she should be allowed to smoke weed. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but, uh, and, and I had someone tell me, well, if you let her, let her in, then it was ever, all the athletes would do it. Um, so there has to be a way, I, I guess that's a one way to stop it. Um, but you wonder if in four years it's going to matter anymore. In four years, the rules could be completely different. And you look back on this and go, well, what in the world? She, she could have won America gold medals instead. Um, she's going to have to sit at home and watch. Uh, and, and I just, to me, it's just a little too much in on this. Let's move on to major league baseball and, uh, everything going on in the baseball world. The all-star break is coming up fast. Uh, let's start with, uh, Shohei Atani, first player ever to be voted in as both a, uh, batter and a pitcher in the all-star game. Of course, he'll be the designated hitter for the AL and he'll also pitch. 
for him. Uh, what Shohei Atani's doing is is really really special. I think his talent is being shown, and I wonder how much longer it'll take us to get someone else that can do both as well. Uh, you would think the athletes that are coming up through the the systems and things like that. You've got kids now that can pitch and bat, you would think it's going to be more prevalent in the coming years, maybe, and we'll start seeing it more in five to ten years, something like that. I don't know. Um, but uh, this, what do you feel? How do, how are you viewing Shohei Atani right now? Um, I mean, like I said, it's, you know, he's a tremendous player. Um, again, I'm, you know, a, a little surprised. Um, I think, you know, he definitely is a great hitter and apparently is, you know, a very, very good pitcher. Um, I hope he is better than whoever got left out of the all-star game because of it. Um, I mean, I wonder if there's a little bit of gimmick to this, but he's a great athlete, great player. Um, you know, people will definitely want to watch him um, do both um, in the all-star game. And um, I, think, I think you're right. I think we could see more players doing this it's something they aspire to. Um, a lot of these kids, you know, that are good pitchers play both positions in high school, uh, and some of them are really good hitters. Um, I remember, again, you know, I was around in high school with Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray was a really good hitter as well as a great pitcher in high school, but it seems like in our country it's, you decide one or the other. You're either going to spend all your time working on your pitching or you're going to leave pitching alone and become a hitter. Um, there are definitely people that got the talent. He's not the only guy that has the talent to do it. Um, but, it, you know, again, there will be a lot of questions about durability. How long will he be able to play doing this uh, from there? But you know, it's a great story. It would be fun to watch in the All-Star game. Yeah, I mean, you think even, you know, a scenario where he can't pitch as a starting pitcher anymore, but maybe he can still pitch as a closer or in relief and still bat. You know, his, his batting numbers are unquestionably uh, earn him a spot in the all-star game. Pitching, he's pitched for 60 innings. He's got 83 strikeouts. Uh, ERA is 3.60, so not bad. And I'm sure you can find some numbers that are a little bit better than his in the pitching perspective but i don't think there's anything wrong with it baseball needs superstars and shohei atane is a superstar as it sits right now and i think it's a good situation for baseball and i don't think it was out of reason uh for him to be at both positions in the all-star game um where you could say maybe in the past somebody was just completely did not deserve to be there i wouldn't say that for shohei even as a pitcher uh from there let's talk about baseball as a whole right now as we sit today uh, at this recording, we've got in the American League, the Boston Red Sox are up four and a half games on Tampa. The Yankees are down in fourth place in the division. That's still surprising. Um, Tampa in second, Toronto in third there. In the Central, the White Sox hold a six-game lead over the Indians. And in the West, Houston, a three-and-a-half-game uh, lead over Oakland. Uh, as well in the American League, Dad, what are you seeing right now? What is um, what's standing out to you? I guess in the American League. Well, I, I was I was kind of looking at it, you know, because we highlighted all the different divisions. One mm-hmm. team that's probably surprising a little bit in the American League, and they're not in the hunt yet right now, but would be Seattle. 
I don't think that's one, and and they're doing pretty well. They're in a good division, you know, a good division over there. We did talk about Houston. You know, when they rebound, um, I think they have rebounded. They're going to be a real factor. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the White Sox can hold. You know, I I think they can hold on without any problem. Uh, Cleveland has had a, you know a, a pretty good year. Slipped a little bit in the last week or so, but yeah. uh, you know. Um, I think it'll come down to be an interesting race. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, you know, a lot of people sad, a lot of people happy about the Yankees. So that one goes both ways. I don't think anybody expected Boston to be the team that was way ahead there either. So American League has given us some surprises. Yeah, you know, Houston, they're the best team, I think, in the American League. They're still record-wise below Boston, but not by much. And I just think they're the best team, the best pitching staff, the best offense that is their uh, complete team. You mentioned Cleveland. They lost seven straight, so that's why I kind of chuckled when you said that. Uh, but they're still in it there in the Central. And you're right, Boston. To me, Boston and San Francisco are the two teams leading their divisions that I question, can they hold on through the rest of the year? Boston has probably a better chance just because that division isn't as strong as the um, uh, National League West. Is. Let's go to the National League, the Mets uh, and Washington. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to BlackHillsEnergy.com slash Team Ready. Battling it out in the East, the Mets have a four-game lead. Atlanta behind four and a half. Philadelphia behind four and a half as well. Then you've got in the Central, Milwaukee kind of took control of the Central there for a week, but they've lost two straight. And the Cincinnati Reds are on a five-game winning streak. They're six games back. The Chicago Cubs, ten in a row they've lost now. Uh, not looking good. After they had really came alive and, and took control, it looked like in the Central, they've immediately fallen back down. Then you've got San Francisco in the West. The Dodgers just a half game out now. San Diego four and a half back uh, from there. So I'll ask you this. We talked about this a little bit with Kevin a couple episodes ago on fantasy reasons why. But And the National League, who in the second half of the season do you see – as taking a step forward and really solidifying their spot? And who do you see falling off uh, after the All-Star break? Well, I think um, I, I think Milwaukee's got themselves in a good spot. So I think they can really play well because the other teams are really falling off in their division. Uh, the Reds have gotten better, but uh, you've been very, it's been very um, well documented with you that the Reds were going to slide after the All-Star break. Um, yes. Is, I'm not sure Chicago's the biggest surprise is St. Louis. We talked about St. Louis being a team to really, you know, challenge. I don't know that the Mets will hold on. Um, Washington's a little bit of a surprise, too, isn't it, that they've made a move um, and come up, you know, preseason. It might not have been. The Braves have not been what people thought they could be. Uh, and the Phillies, you know, everybody thought they were going to be a little better. But um, I don't know that the Mets are good enough to hold on if somebody makes a run um, at them. In the, the West, um, the Giants 
you know, it's going to be really hard to hold on against the Dodgers. But um, the, the Giants are not ahead because the Dodgers have played bad. I mean, the Giants have played well. And if they can stay healthy, they've had Longorio out for a while. They're still doing well. They have a lot of different people contribute. Um, they're having some good pitching from some different people. Um, I think they'll stay in the hunt. I think the question is, will San Diego get in there too? Everyone thought it'd be L.A. and San Diego. Um, and San Diego's doing well. But, um, you know, th- that should be a very good division and should make a real lot of noise um, in the playoffs, um, I think, there. Yeah, the National League West has three of the top four teams in the National League right now. Uh, the Mets are the only team over 500 in the NL East. Washington has played better as of late, um, but only five out of their last ten. The Mets' problem has been offense, but they've got the talent there, and I really think the Mets are going to turn it on in the second half. Pete Alonso's starting to find his groove. Uh, Lindor, who's been horrible here this season, offensively, you expect him to come back around as well. So I think the Mets will take off in the second half. Um, and then the West is the same thing. I think the Dodgers will go nuts here in the second half. Although we'll get to this in just a second. Well, let's just go ahead and get to it. Trevor Bauer, uh, he's, you know, uh, one of the studs pitchers for the Dodgers and he gets into some legal trouble. Now there's accusations. Nothing has been proven yet. We want to be careful not to pile on to someone till we know for sure exactly what all happened. Um, the reports that we've read, it's not been pretty. And uh, Trevor Bauer gets put on paid leave, and then they said that they don't expect him to be back once that seven days paid leave is up. Is Trevor Bauer going to pitch again this season? I would think so. Like you said, when the facts come out, we'll see. But unless he has really cleared um, and we've talked on, on this podcast before. We're, you know, we're not tolerant at all of uh, domestic abuse. And um, sports is not, and sports really can't be. And they've taken a stand on, I know, a lot in football and all the professional sports. And unless something comes out where, you know, he's just really, really innocent, um, no, I, I don't think he'll be back. Yeah, it is hard. And, and again, you know, I just, I hate to just pile on someone until we know for sure the facts of it, because that can, you know, that can do a lot of damage if the facts aren't true or what, what we're being told is not true. It can do a lot of damage and we don't want to do that. Um, you're right. We have no, no at all, no respect. And, uh, we're not going to give any cushion to someone, uh, who hits, um, or abuses a woman. So Trevor Bauer, you know, he's got, <laughs> He's got a lot of issues anyhow. Um, he's got an, a, a loud mouth and he said a lot of things and a lot of people like him for that and a lot of people hate him for that. And now he's in a situation, it's a real life situation that could completely end his career, um, could end his season. I think the, the Major League Baseball is going to give this through the All-Star break. I think Trevor Bauer will at least get another start unless more information comes out. I think we will see him again um, but obviously if everything comes out and what we've seen and read about is true then yeah he's done and probably done for his career that's the way things are going for the most part right now with domestic abuse I mean you can look at um, Hardy Greg Hardy from the NFL he's now a UFC fighter because the NFL wouldn't have him and uh, so it's definitely um, something we're going to keep watching and make sure that we get all the details before we give you too much 
information or too much of opinion, I guess, on the whole situation. We're going to transition here in just a second, but first I want to let our people know about our sponsor, Skull Candy. And today I'd like to talk to you about the Dime Earbuds. They are mini and they are mighty. Bring on those expensive, look at me, earbud brands. Dime backs down to no one. You get easy to use controls, a comfortable fit, and Skull Candy's signature supreme sound. All in a beautiful tiny package and for a beautiful tiny price of just $24.99. Only Skull Candy headphones are custom tuned to deliver music you can feel from the lyrics in your soul to the bass in your bones. The Dime Earbuds $24.99 and you can get those by clicking on the Skull Candy link in the podcast notes and in the YouTube video description and uh, make sure you go visit Skull Candy using that link so that they know we sent you. That's a great deal. They look great. There's four different colors you can choose from on those earbuds. And so make sure you go visit Skull Candy and check out the Dime earbuds. All right, let's go to the NBA. NBA Finals kickoff tonight. We're recording on Tuesday night. And uh, it is currently 8.30. Basketball game tips off at 9 o'clock. The last time we checked, and I'm checking right now to see if it's been updated, is that uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, has been upgraded to questionable for the game. He was out warming up, uh, testing the knee and everything like that. I do not see an official word yet on whether or not he is playing tonight. So by the time you listen to this podcast, if you listen after the show, uh, you're definitely going to already know the answer to this. But uh, we'll see. Uh, Giannis, if he plays, gives Milwaukee a big boost. Um, adds a lot of talent to that team as well. Uh, right now, Phoenix is favored to win. Chris Paul is the favorite to win uh, MVP of the finals. Devin Booker's right behind him. Giannis is third on that list. Um, I, you know, I really want to say Phoenix. I, I want to see Chris Paul win. I want to see Phoenix win. I'm a Devin Booker fan. I want to see Big Blue Nation represented here as well. Um, but I kind of have this feeling that Milwaukee's going to take this. Uh, any thoughts on the NBA Finals starting tonight, Dad? Well, I, like I said, it's great to see these two teams in it. We talked about that last week, someone that's not normally in it. And I think it'll be enjoyable to watch. Uh, again, injuries obviously could play a part here. Um, you know, I would guess Giannis is, is a lot closer to playing, but probably they would hold him out. So they do have him for later in the series. Um, but, um, you know, it, it should be fun to watch. It should be two good teams. That um, It's a little more like watching basketball. Than, you know, even though there are superstars involved in this, um, since it's two teams that haven't been there um, and Phoenix not in a while, then, um, I, it, you know, I, I think it will be better to watch. Yeah, I think it's – if he can go, I think it makes more sense to play Giannis in game one and rest him in game two. I think that gives him more rest than before game three as opposed to playing him in game two and game three. Because um, you think about it, if you can steal one on the road, it changes the series. So why not come all out in game one of the series and uh, try to steal that one and then see how he feels and maybe rest him game two before coming back in game three. Um, I think I'm going to make my official NBA Finals pick. I'm going to go Phoenix in six, but uh, my confidence level is not high on that pick. But that's what I'm going to go with. Suns in six. Dad, do you have a pick for us? Um, 
again, I mean, you know, um, you've been a Suns fan before, and I've liked them, but um, I like Milwaukee, uh, obviously, because of the connection there with the Packers and Wisconsin. And so um, hopefully it'll be a great series, and we'll say Milwaukee in seven. All right. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, uh, owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, and with you being an owner of the Green Bay Packers, I know there's camaraderie there. Um <laughs> Maybe Aaron Rodgers will show up uh, during the series uh, after he signs his contract extension later this week. We'll see about all of that. NHL Stanley Cup, Tampa leads 3-1. to one. Uh, her, uh, The Montreal Canadiens took game four, sends it back to Tampa. Of course, there's hurricanes and tropical storms pushing into the Tampa area. And uh, so we'll see if that plays any toll on um the series. I'm really surprised, Dad. The Canadian government caused a hurricane down in Florida. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I was. I really wanted the Canadian government to play a role in the series. They just they let me down. Uh, but it looks like everything's full full tilt, ready to go for Game Five. The storm is actually decreasing a little bit, so they're not expecting it to cause any problems with Game Five. Uh, Tampa has shown they are the better team. I have facetious facetiously said uh canadians in seven i don't believe that for a second i think montreal or excuse me tampa closes it out here in game five and dad i think you're on board with that as well yes yeah i've thought all along it'd be tampa probably in five i thought montreal would probably win one um up there maybe and uh, tampa just got a really good team and uh, hopefully they'll close it out. If not, then anything can happen. But, yeah, you um, go back to Canada. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and hockey, you just never know. So um, <laughs> momentum's a funny thing there. So Yeah, maybe the goalie stands on his head and changes everything. Who knows? Uh, NCAA basketball, some interesting news came out. Uh, we talked about Kofi Cockburn in the last episode. He has withdrawn his name. From the NBA draft, last week all the talk was Kofi was going to go to Kentucky if he did not get into the NBA draft. Well, well, well. He's not in the NBA draft, but uh, I read today that uh, Coach O, Orlando Antigua, came over from Illinois back to Kentucky, promised that he would not take any Illinois players with him. And uh, so now you have the debacle of what's happening here is Antigua even allowed to pursue Kofi Cockburn? There's been a lot of talk about Cockburn returning to Illinois. There's been other talks. Arkansas is going to be heavy in pursuing him as well. Um, he's a he's a difference maker on any team he goes to, whether he stays at Illinois or goes somewhere else. He's a difference maker, and uh, it'll be inter- interesting to see if uh, Kentucky's allowed to pursue him. I mean, it's a moral issue. It's not a not a uh, rule violation or anything like that. It's just a thing of, hey, I said I wouldn't take any Illinois players with me, and next thing you know, your best available player is going to come possibly to Kentucky with Coach O. And Chin, you know, I don't know. As a Kentucky fan, I could care less what Antigua promised Illinois, but uh, (laughs) we want want him in Lexington this season. Um, But Kofi's not the only one that withdrew and made some noise this week. Um, also Aaron Torres, I saw reported Kansas had two players withdraw from the NBA draft coming to Kansas, um, which makes them a another stellar team. 
Dad, you like Bill Self a little better than I do. I just see this as another opportunity for Bill Self to disappoint uh, the Rock Chalk Nation. But uh, anyways, Kofi Cockburn not going to the pros. Uh, do you want him to stick with Illinois, or do you are you okay with him going somewhere else? Oh, I'd like for him to stick with Illinois, no doubt about that. <laughs> but um, like I said, I'm not sure this transfer portal is a bad thing. Um I, again, I it may work itself out because people may they since they can only transfer once, um, you know they could be promised something and people will be more careful about it. Um, that is an interesting turn of events about the coach promising you know he wouldn't take anybody with him. Um, otherwise, it makes a lot of sense for him to go there because of the assistant coaches. Um, It'd be great if he stayed at Illinois. I know Illinois has some, a couple other guys uh, leave. I believe the other good freshman did. Um, but they, they've got some guys come in, too. Um, all the good teams are going to take advantage of the transfer portal, and they'll pick up players uh, from there. And it may give freshmen a little more time to develop, so that'll be interesting, too. Um, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this goes, because when we talked the other day, I thought, It'll be a sure thing. He'd go to Kentucky. So, um, you know, um, time, yeah. will time will tell in Kansas. You know, yeah, Bill Self has not been able to win there. Again, you know, he did well. Uh, I don't know why a little surprise he left when he did. Uh, and I know there in Lexington, he's there, he's not a real popular guy. So, but um, but Kansas, again, one of those teams is, you know, seems like it's always going to be competitive year after year. Yeah, you know, and I've talked a lot about my opinions on Coach Cal and his failures as a coach, but Bill Self is right there with him. He's had the talent, and he has not figured out how to work that talent. Now, he's had some successful seasons and some decent runs, but you look at Bill Self and you look at the the where he was ranked in preseasons, he should have been a lot more successful than he has been. Let's move on to the NFL, Dad. We're getting towards the end of the uh, podcast today. A couple quick things with the NFL. Number one, Nikhil Harry, the Patriots' first-round pick in 2019, has requested a trade. He says, I can't play here, uh, which is what the Patriots fans have been saying for two years. You can't play. Um, Nikhil Harry, two years, 45 catches, 414 yards, four touchdowns as the uh, number 32 overall pick in the 2019 draft. Um, Dad, if you were a general manager and not just an owner, uh, was is Nikhil Harry someone that you would pursue? Um, I mean, I think he's somebody you could take a chance on, but you're talking about a sixth-round, seventh-round pick. You're not talking <laughs> right. anything near a first round because he hasn't proved he could do that. Uh, he'll latch on with somebody, and for New England, it'd probably be better to make a trade than it would be to just cut him obviously outright um, at the end of training camp or whatever there. So, um, I mean, you know, those kind of guys, it never hurts to just give a look at them or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I don't know if I'd pursue him real hard. <laughs> yeah, he's not not done much. He's got athletic ability. He ran in for two touchdowns, I think, maybe four touchdowns, his, his rookie year as a rusher just on end rounds and jet sweeps and stuff like that. So there is some potential there, but he's definitely not proven he can be reliable receiver at this point. Uh, week one is fast approaching. September it'll be here. 
How many rookie quarterbacks start week one? The over-under in Vegas is two and a half, so they're saying two quarterbacks, which is, of course, the Jets and the Jaguars. Um, how many quarterbacks do you think start week one? I'd agree with that. I mean, I think two of them will. Um, there could be um, a third, but I, I, I really don't know about that. I mean, I think the Jaguars and the Jets, like you said, um, I think Trey Lance, depending on how he looks, um, I think they'll they'll wait a little bit on him. Um, but again, I, I think I don't know that he has a you know I don't know that Garoppolo is is necessarily going to nudge him out. I think all five of them of the first round guys will play before the year's over. Um, whether that be the yeah, you know, I would expect them maybe to be a regular quarterback at the end of the year. Um, be real interesting in New England with Mac Jones. He may have the best shot, too. Um, the Bears, you know, Justin Fields, I think, is one of the better guys out of the five. But, um, you know, Andy Dalton, it looks like, is going to be the starter. And uh, so it would be interesting, you know. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I felt sorry for Justin Fields to end up at the Bears, but I feel sorry <laughs> for anybody to do that. But, um I think he's really good. But, yeah, I, I think two guys starting. I think Trevor Lawrence um, and Wilson, you know, starting. And um, even Mac Jones and, and Lance, you know, Trey Lance could have a chance, uh, depending on how, you know, the preseason. To me, Mac Jones fits in much better in the New England system, um, you know, than the other quarterbacks. Yeah, so the way I look at it is, first of all, breaking news, Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to start in Game 1 and play in Game 1 here of the NBA Finals. Back to football, uh, the over-under at 2.5, I'm taking three. Three quarterbacks start Week 1, rookie quarterbacks start Week 1. I've got the Jets and the Jaguars. Of course, injury could change that, but uh, Jets and the Jaguars. And I think it's Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is the third one. Shanahan has proven that he doesn't care if he hurts Garoppolo's feelings. And although the plan is to start Jimmy Garoppolo, yes, Trey Lance, if he comes out and plays spectacular in practice and and plays well in his preseason reps and things like that, I think he starts week one. I think you look back to Seattle, and Garoppolo's better than, than Matt Flynn, but you look back to Seattle and Russell Wilson, and and you know, Pete Carroll said, I you know, I just can't sit this guy. He's got to play, he's got to start. Russell Wilson gets to start over the higher paid Matt Flynn. I think in San Francisco, it's going to be the same thing. I think they love Trey Lance, and I think they're going to see stuff out of him in in camp and in practice, and they're going to say, we've got to get this guy on the field. He gives us the best chance to win. I think Trey Lance starts week one. I think Justin Fields should start week one, but the Bears are too stupid to realize that they're going to be stuck in their ways and say, no, we said Andy Dalton was going to be the starter, so we're going to start Andy Dalton, even if he shouldn't have. And I like Andy Dalton. I like Andy Dalton. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's got the short end of the stick in Cincinnati. Uh, but needless to say, I think three rookie quarterbacks start in week one. Speaking of quarterbacks and week one, I want to talk about the teams. Just quickly, maybe give us – your top top one or two teams, Dad. QB new QBs starting. You've got the Rams, the Saints, the Bears, the Lions, Panthers, Jets, Eagles, Washington, uh, Houston, the Colts, and the Jaguars. Um, who do you think is going to be the the better teams out of those new quarterbacks uh, starting for these teams? Oh, we we lost them. 
He'll be right back with us. We're gonna we're gonna fix that real quick uh, there. So you've got these these new teams. You've got the Rams with Matt Stafford has to be the, the one of the the leading candidates uh, here for sure because they've got Matt Stafford. He's the best quarterback of the new quarterbacks. Although that in time maybe a Trevor Lawrence overtakes uh, overtakes that maybe. Uh, maybe one of the other rookie quarterbacks really shows up. But to me, looking at Matt Stafford with the Rams, you're looking at Jameis Winston with the Saints as potentially to be just absolutely phenomenal. And then Sam Darnold in Carolina is the other team that you got to look at and go, hey, there's potential here for Carolina to be really, really good this year with Sam Darnold at quarterback. Washington, throw him out the window. The quarterback's no good. Houston, throw him out the window. The quarterback's no good. Indianapolis is an intriguing team. Carson Wentz uh, trying to revitalize his uh, his career, and maybe he can do so. I, I have high hopes for Indianapolis. Then you're looking at the rookies, though. And then Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia is the other one you got to look at, and you kind of got to go, okay, what is Jalen Hurts going to be uh, here in this uh, in this season, is he going to be able to be a legit quarterback uh, in Philadelphia? Is he going to be able to compete and, and drive a team to victory? That's going to be something to watch for. All right, we got Dad back with us. Dad, uh, who do you think is going to be one of the more successful teams there in the NFL that has a new quarterback? Well, I, I think the Colts will be um, probably the most successful team. I think um, Matt Stafford will do really well with the Rams. Um, I think that I'm kind of like you. I hope Carolina. I hope Darnold does well. We will see. I don't think that's a done deal. Uh, be interesting with Jacksonville um, to see where um, things go there too. I don't expect them to maybe um, you know be in the Super Bowl, but I but he could do real well, and that could really help um, there. But I would think um, the Colts would be the best one. And the Rams would be close um, behind there. And hopefully Carolina, I think, could be too. Um, you know, New Orleans, is that could be a mess or that could go well. <laughs> I never really know from there. Philadelphia, uh, I don't know. You know, um, Jalen Hurt could do real well. Um, but I, that's not a done deal either. And new coach and new staff there. So I would think the Colts and the Rams and the Panthers are the best bets of those. Are you more confident in Jared Goff in Detroit or Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia? Probably neither one. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that wasn't one of the options. It wasn't one of the answers. Jared Goff should do well. I don't know how the new staff's going to go. Um, you know, you have to look at what he has um, around him. Um, you know, Jalen Hurt could, you know, could be really good too. So, um, I, you know, that, that'd be hard to say. Golf's probably the safer bet. Yeah, I was big on Hurts coming out of college. I compared him to Deshaun Watson, not in talent, but in situation. He was a championship winning quarterback. Everywhere he went, they won games, both in Alabama and at Oklahoma. He's a leader. He's a guy that, that the locker room likes. But he doesn't necessarily have – he might be closer to Tim Tebow, honestly, as far as talent level goes, maybe, possibly, uh, than, than comparing him to Deshaun Watson, of course. But Philadelphia, they don't have a great team, but they have some good players. And uh, they made some good upgrades this year, especially at the wide receiver position. And so Philadelphia is an interesting team, but I don't know what to what to do with Philadelphia. I don't, I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. 
I'm going to have to see them, what kind of system they put in place for Hurts, the new coaching staff there as well. Detroit, listen, <laughs> we, Detroit's Detroit. We're not scared about Detroit. We don't, we're not afraid Detroit's going to win a bunch of games. Jared Goff is an okay quarterback. Um, does he have enough around him to succeed in Detroit? At this point, I don't think so. But we will see Dan Campbell. Man, what an interesting guy he is. Uh, to me, his shtick is going to wear off very quickly in Detroit, and he might only last a season or two as the head coach uh, in Detroit as well. Indianapolis is a team I'm very, very high on this year, Dad. You you mentioned them too. Carson Wentz, I'm a fan of his. I like I like the coaching staff in Indianapolis. The talent in Indianapolis is good. They got a complete team. I'm a huge Jonathan Taylor fan in the backfield in Indianapolis. Um, so that's one to definitely watch for as well. But to me, Matt Stafford, he's the best quarterback out of the whole bunch. And it just makes sense for Matt Stafford to be because LA's got a good team still too, amazingly enough, especially on offense. I I just have to think that Stafford's gonna have the best of those seasons. I'm also all in on the Jameis Winston bandwagon uh, in New Orleans, and I if they start Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston, then it's time for a new coach in New Orleans. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense if they do that. I don't think they will. They'll still play Taysom Hill, but Jameis Winston will be the quarterback there. All right, Dad, let's close it out with some fantasy football, fantasy drafts coming up uh, next month, and um, we're just going to look at the first overall pick Today and I've got one comment to go with it. Unless you go way off the board on me here, um, the the ADP right now, average draft position, Christian McCaffrey is going one, Dalvin Cook two, uh, Derrick Henry three, Alvin Kamara four, and Saquon Barkley five. Running back still heavy at the top of the draft. Dad, who do you have? Um, if you had the number one overall pick in a fantasy football league, who would you take? Uh, I think you have to take Christian McCafferty at this point. Uh, it's funny, though, over the years, being in fantasy football a lot, when you get the guys that are at the top, at some time they're going to drop a little bit. Um, yeah. I don't know McCaffrey will, though, from there. But um, I, And I've always liked Alvin Kamara, so I would put him McCaffrey, Kamara, and Barkley is, where, is kind of where I would go there. Um, I'm just not a big, you know, big cowboy fan, and I don't understand the Davin Cook thing at all. I saw that, and I just don't. I mean, you know, um, I don't. The Vikings have a defensive coach, and they have an average quarterback, and um, I, I don't see him being take him the first pick overall. Uh, I hope somebody in our league does that. <laughs> so you mentioned the Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott is, I think, eighth. Eighth overall right now in the pick. Uh, Derek Henry with the Titans. Um, you know, we have no confidence in the Titans as well. And, and listen, here's the deal. Uh, Minnesota, you already said all the things I was thinking. Uh, to me, Dalvin Cook's not a dependable, uh, number one overall running back. Uh, Derek Henry with the Titans. You got to remember, Titans just added, uh, Julio Jones. They also changed offensive coordinators. That offensive coordinator is going to be out to prove something, which means I think Henry gets less touches this year. And uh, so I think Henry goes the wrong direction. Barkley, you have health issues, but I like him a lot. And I think the Giants are going to be good. So what I'm going to go with here is uh, I think you have to take McCaffrey first. 
But I think Alvin Kamara is right behind him. He is going to be such a focal point of that offense, and I'm a huge Kamara fan as well. Now, we're getting a little bit of kickback, Dad. No confidence in the Titans. Please tell the fine folks who are listening uh, why we don't have confidence in the Titans. Um, well, I mean, we, we, we've been around that a while, and I just don't – uh, I don't know what they have. The, I don't know what they have the coaching to be able to handle it. Um, again, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Julio Jones. Uh, I think they can keep running the ball. It would make sense to run the ball and set up for the big pass uh, rather than changing to spreading it out and doing a lot of passing. Uh, they've got the people that can catch it now. And uh, I would think they'll keep running with um, Derrick Henry. I think when you look at fantasy stuff, um, Derrick Henry's a runner, not necessarily a runner and a pass catcher. And you want to get a guy that can do both. Um, as far as, you know, being, again, you don't want to pass very long on Derrick Henry and people won't, but, um, you know, again, we'll, you know, time will tell about the Titans, but, um, you know, the, the history's not there and they don't have a team that's, that's. You know, just stack to where well they've just got to they've got to win and um, I, you know like I said Indianapolis is really poised to be good. Um, I mean, they're a more solid team down the line without a doubt. Yeah, if I'm wrong, I'll admit it and that'll be fine. But the Titans, I'm telling you, they're going down this year. That's not going to be pretty. They might they may still make the playoffs, but I'm just telling you, they're not going to be as good this year. I think fantasy value across the board came from Tennessee this year. I think there's a lot of pressure. At least I think it's going to be felt as pressure from the coaching staff to get Julio Jones involved, to get A.J. Brown more touches, which means you're putting everything into the Ryan Tannehill basket. And although he's had some success, and even in fantasy he's had some value, You know, if you put pressure on it and now you're putting your eggs in the Ryan Tannehill basket, you're asking for trouble. Uh, Derrick Henry is a fine running back. Julio Jones is a fine receiver. A.J. Brown is a fine receiver. Ryan Tannehill is an above-average quarterback, maybe. Um, but nonetheless, uh, and, and yeah, they, maybe there's value with some of those guys. Um, but in my opinion, I stay away from the Titans as much as possible, especially for important uh, positions there um, as, as much as a number one overall pick. If I take a Titan, number one in my draft, Come check on me. Something's going on. Something's wrong. I've been kidnapped or something. I don't know uh, what's happening uh, there. Fantasy football right around the corner. And, Dad, I'm excited. We're, we're getting ready to uh, really push into football conversation. We're going to do some college football previews here coming up very soon. We're going to be starting up into our NFL preview uh, in August as well, and we'll go through every team in the NFL and break those down. We're going to talk fantasy. We're going to talk. Um, picks. We're going to talk about win losses, all that stuff when we get into the football conversation, the NFL conversation in August. But here in July, um, not next episode, but coming up pretty soon, we're going to start talking college football. We're going to break down some of the bigger conferences and talk about some of the bigger teams as well and continue to cover those things uh, there. As far as it goes right now, um, like I said, Giannis is going to play uh, tonight in Phoenix. And uh, so that's exciting news for him. And, Dad, uh, through 10 holes, Aaron Rodgers, Bryson DeChambeau, up one on Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady as of this very moment. Um, and we're excited to announce we've had it from day one, Dad. 
and we're waiting for it to be officially done. But Aaron Rodgers will be signing an extension and playing for the Packers. You heard it here. We've told you from the get-go that's what's going to happen. And so very, very soon uh, we will be uh, be able to break that news to you once it gets all wrapped up uh, there for Aaron. He's got to finish out his golf tournament, though, of course, uh, before uh, he can sign his contract extension uh, there as well. It will happen on the 18th hole. On the 18th hole. So I'm, I'm not reporting that. Dad is, uh, he's the owner, so he would know, but, uh, I think it's going to happen a little few days after, but nonetheless, uh, soon, soon it's coming very, very soon, uh, as well. All right, dad, any other thoughts before we go tonight? No, I don't like I said it's just saying the football's coming up. It was interesting to start to think about fantasy football. There are a lot of good players. I think it's going to be much easier to draft through the first two or three rounds because there's there's just going to be a lot of good players. And um, like I said, you know, you talk about some of the older guys slip a little bit. There's some young guys that at the end of the year, they might be they might be the top guys. And there's potential in that running back group for four or five young guys um, to be the best of the bunch. So um, it'll be fun. Of course, I'd talk football. College football will be exciting. Full stadiums again. Uh, a lot of excitement there, and um, here in Ohio, there's always excitement about college football. <laughs> definitely, definitely. There's a huge conversation going on on Twitter right now about tight ends and fantasy value. I got into the conversation right before we started the show, so I haven't been able to be a part of the conversation, but my phone's blowing up. TJ Hawkinson, everybody's big on TJ Hawkinson from the Lions uh, tight end. I said he won't even be a top five tight end. I'm getting ready to defend myself. We'll do that in another episode uh, as we talk about more fantasy football as we get closer to the season and throughout the NFL season. We'll be talking fantasy football uh, there as well. We having some guests on and different things throughout the time. Also, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, we are sponsored by Skull Candy and by Yeti. Please go visit the, the using the links in the podcast notes or the YouTube video description. Uh, go and get yourself a new set of dime earbuds, $24.99 from Skull Candy. Uh, they look amazing. And then also Yeti coolers. They've got luggage now. Uh, go visit Yeti coolers. Use that link so they'll know that we sent you as well. We will be back on Thursday night, uh, at live at eight o'clock. We've got some guests coming on. We're going to be talking NBA finals and Chris Paul, uh, possibly some NHL stuff going on as well. We're still finalizing the, uh, the guest lineup for Thursday, but uh, nonetheless, we're back Thursday at eight o'clock. If you've enjoyed the program, please rate, review, and share uh, anywhere that you can, and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Dad, thanks for being with us. Everybody else, thank you for tuning in tonight. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.